Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented by the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are enjoying this show or Fables Around the Table or any of the content we create, please consider becoming a patron. Get access to patron VIP channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a patron-exclusive monthly podcast, Derailed Off the Rails. Head over to patreon.com slash projectderailed for more info. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer, a tan brown barn owl, you recognize it immediately as Tashi. And I will cast Sending. Hello, Hannah. I am sorry it has taken me this long to contact you. The spell fails. The entire surface of the planet is nothing but a frozen ice scape. Oh. Um, it appears I've underestimated 10,000 years' time. Obviously. Large, white, scaly wings land on a spire. You see an adult white dragon. Ah, fuck. Oh. Yeah. DMs away. Time to talk about Dilfs more. <laughs> we we talked about Dilfs so hard we broke Nick's computer. <laughs> Welcome to the Dilf Hour. You're just telling me to do what I've been doing Tanner, all day long. Please never say Dilf Hour again. Dilf Hour. <laughs> oh no. Um, okay, I am good. Uh, I'm recording. I'm recording. Is, is Tom recording? Tom's recording. I'm oh. recording. I couldn't hear it because my my headphones muted. Well, you're in for a little treat then when you start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> new chapter, same bullshit. <laughs> quality content, quality banter. This is quality content. Yep. Are we all recording? Tanner, you're recording. Yeah, um, I said it like in the midst of oh, the of the confirmfling talk. No. I see. See, this is what happens when we abandon our system. I never knew what the system was in the first place because I always feel like I'm going to interrupt Tanner. Mm. <laughs> Why well, is it me specifically? Well, because it always goes Tom, Nick, Fiona, and then I don't know what the correct. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know we had an order, but I guess we did. So no, there's no official order. Yeah, there's you just no go. order. Yeah, oh, I try so to do up. it as soon as I can so I won't forget. That's my system. Hmm. It's the important people, and then Saker and Tanner fight for the scraps. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know where I am on this totem pole. (laughs) I guess since this is now the banter of the episode, for our audience that are confused. We have to explain this banter. (laughs) (laughs) When we record, we just all take turns just saying that we're recording. So there's an isolated waveform on the track that we can sync up later to the call audio. That's the easiest way we found to do it. But yeah, no, there's no particular order. It's just we start and people go, which I like. I like that. I, I like chaos. the chaos of it. Yeah, the <laughs> chaos of it is fun. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm not somebody who n- normally gets nervous about stuff like that, but it makes me anxious <laughs> for some reason. Oh, no. <laughs> to, to go now? Go now? Go now? Oh, fuck no. It's Fiona. Go now? You're anxious. I'm oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> my my void fair anxieties are very different. Oh? <laughs> yeah. Saker has given me a new type of anxiety dream. Uh-oh. And it is that I was either not recording or recording on the wrong mic the whole time, and I have to do the episode again. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. I got to play Switch and just repeat myself one second after I said a thing. Uh. I had to just listen to my shitty version. And You want another anxiety? There is the time where I swore that I uploaded the file and then didn't and deleted it. Oof. Oh, and I had God. to record the whole thing over again. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> That's why I don't delete anything <laughs> i have so many gigabytes of old void recordings oh my god yeah i i think it's probably safe to delete those individual tracks but my anxiety brain is like no what if i need this random track from sure. chapter one yeah, yeah. <laughs> What if I need this track of Tanner's that he recorded on his inline microphone of his earbuds? <laughs> there are there are two types of people in the world. <laughs> now we know how to do this. We're still in any nominated podcast somehow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sounds fake, but okay. Uh, Listen, if we can do it, you can do it. That's what the message yeah, is. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's right. All right. Who wants to play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> I guess if we have to. I still want to talk about Dilfs, but I mean, <laughs> please. <laughs> no more content. That is a callback. <laughs> To an off-recording conversation, Tanner. <laughs> the listening audience needs to know what our conversation no. was. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> Just know that we talk about DILFs off mic. That's all you need to know. <laughs> let's let's go to a library. <laughs> all right. <laughs> to the library! So, if you recall, you just saw a dragon. <laughs> Yarp. You guys have landed on the planet of Adilfos at the city. I was waiting for a reaction. Yeah, you were waiting oh. for us to giggle. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I am in serious business Nicholas. mode. Why would that be funny? You're right, Saker. You're it's right. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like I Dilf. agree. Not at all. I agree. Anyway, <laughs> at the city of Lyceum Aconis, which is this library college gigantic city the capital of this planet and center of knowledge of the entire Kratorian Empire you landed on this planet to find that at some point in the last 10,000 years the planet has descended into a deep ice age and frequent ice storms mean that the Voidfarer cannot stay on the surface for long so you got dropped off with your select companions, Merrick, Roxana, Scriv, Brohane, and Ezerath, and you guys dashed for the canyon that this city is nestled into, crossing a bridge into one of the spires, which served as the closest source of shelter. Upon crossing this bridge, you spotted an adult white dragon circling above, but managed to get undercover before you were noticed. So now you guys find yourselves in 
this like large kind of antechamber type room that kind of like fills the entire kind of width of this tower, which is quite large, several hundred feet across. You guys just made it in, and uh, what do you do? Hey, whoa, 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 that was a dragon out there, right? Yeah, and uh, it's an adult white dragon. Well, does that does that mean there's baby white dragons around? Do you think? Potentially. Okay. Well, that's one more thing. Did did we know that this planet was this cold? I did not dress for this. You guys did actually. Um, upon coming down to the planet, uh, you saw that it was covered in ice, and if you recall, yeah, we got um, jackets. Silk, yeah, Silk Feather was able to provide you with with cold weather gear. Oh, um, right. Although, and Luckbeak, you are resistant to cold naturally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but me as hard as you can. <laughs> I'm providing facts so that you can react accordingly. D&D <laughs> is stupid. Uh, okay. Um, I say, uh, you guys must be chilly. Well, it is certainly not what I was expecting. Uh, Roxana is standing there with her arms folded and she goes, the cold is bracing. Reminds me of home. She doesn't seem bothered. She is, of course, a Goliath, a half giant. <laughs> All right. So, Marco, where are we going exactly on this planet? Well, the general idea was, before we landed here, that this place would be warm and temperate and relatively dragon-free, so we could have kind of explored this at our leisure. That changes a bit. Hmm. I gotta say, I, I don't know much about dragons, and I kind of look to everybody, and I'm like, does does anybody have experience? Are they sort of a, you know, don't bother us, we won't bother you sort of sort of folk? Um, what I know about chromatic and metallic dragons, yes, you would. Um, that's pretty pretty common knowledge, especially of the uh, people of the learned persuasion like yourself. Unfortunately, if it was something like a silver dragon or a copper dragon, then we would not have so much problem. They'd probably actively help us. But in the case of this time, it is a white dragon that's uh, known to be exceptionally animalistic for its kind and also exceptionally territorial, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. Scrivel nod and says, this matches the information that I have. And from what my understanding is that of the chromatic varieties of dragons, the white dragons are ones that especially enjoy hunting for sport. Great. Uh, okay. So. Well, I am assuming that we have no means of contacting the Void Fair, and even if we did, the you storm. Have, you have a sending stone. Oh yeah, we do have the sending stone. Um, okay, real quick, point of order, though. If I'm mistaken, though, there was a storm that cut through that pushed the Voidfarer away. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the Voidfarer had to take off before the storm hit. The storm is actually now hit the... Uh, you're now enclosed um, and safe from the storm, but you were rushing to here to get here before the storm hit. And as you're having this conversation, um, suddenly the whistling of wind uh, comes in from the opening and you see, uh, you can just make out through the open archway you entered the space through, um, the storm rolling across the top of the canyon above your heads. But a combination of being down within the canyon and being enclosed within this tower, um, you are relatively safe from the frigid winds. Um, I think I probably would pull up the sending stone 
and um, send a message quickly to Val saying, um, Val, slight problem. There is a white dragon here, an adult. What's the earliest you could potentially get us? I will have Johannes look into that. We will have to look for another hole in the storm. From up here, it looks like there are several others in the region that may hit after this one passes. Thank you, Val. And then look and go, Well, I guess our plan does not change. We're here to look through a library, and we're more or less trapped here anyway, so we might as well do something constructive. I suppose we can take a break first to orient ourselves. Do you have a map or anything of this place? Uh, yes. Nick um, made a beautiful map for us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, do you actually have a physical map in the game? Because I don't know if you do. Did I... Did I, I could have swore that you you gave us an actual like physical map. I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, recall how though. <laughs> I, you have Cyrus who can verbally like give you information and directions. Um, I was under uh, the assumption that we that we had a map. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't, but if I did, I cannot recall in what context you would have received a map of the city. <laughs> okay, fair the map, enough. The map that I sent you was basically like, you guys saw the city when you were flying in, and I just wanted to share the map I drew. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um... Uh, and it will also give you context as I describe things. Gave us this beautiful map, and we can't even use it. <laughs> what a dick. You may have an opportunity to get a map if you keep exploring. Hold on, look at the wall right there. It's a framed map. <laughs> look behind, it's a giant like mural. <laughs> it's a mall directory. <laughs> Welcome to Adelphos Mall. <laughs> you are here. <laughs> so convenient. Um so we're down here and you don't even really know where we're going. I do have Cyrus who can Inform me of such things. Once again, this was supposed to be a leisurely stroll through an abandoned city, not a wintry blizzard complete with a dragon that likes to hunt things for sport. Right, right. Okay. Cyrus will speak up. Yes, uh, I can't obviously speak to the current state of the city, but I can give you an idea of like what districts of the city things were, and that will at least point us in a direction. Well, we're currently in a very large antechamber. Can you tell us where we are right now? Um, he thinks for a moment and goes, yes, uh, it appears that you are in one of the spires of the Grand Quadrivium. Of the Grand Quadridium? Quadrivium. He just made that up. <laughs> All right. The... Grand Quadrivium is the four central spires of the city that originally housed the four founding institutions. All right, um, go ahead. And he'll say that uh, it appears this is the southernmost one, um, given the bridge from the canyon lip. Um, this would have been the one that primarily housed the Topaz Academy. Topaz Academy, so... Safe to say we might find some information that we are looking for in here. Potentially. Um, the Topaz Academy was the um, Artificers College and Guild. 
So they primarily focus on alchemy and the creation and uh, modification of um, magical contraptions and um, constructs. What were the other three then, if that's the case? Topaz Academy for the Artificers. Sure. Um, so that this is the Southern Tower, which is the Topaz Academy. The going around the Western Spire is the Entelly Institute, which was the Academy of the Art of Warfare, Tactics, and Command. The Northern Spire was primarily the home of the Halls of Emerald Flame, which was the Wizards University. Um, the first of the city and the one that focuses on the broadest scope of arcane schools. And then the Eastern Spire was home to the Open Court Conservatory, which was the school of bardic pursuits. Hmm. These were the four founding institutions of the city. Many, 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 many more came over the years and added to the city in various places. And even some smaller institutions have moved in to these spires as well, sharing the space with these four founding institutions. So, Cyrus, just to get uh, your input here, would it be a safe assumption that it would be a good means of investigation to explore these four towers first and then make our way outward? could potentially be fruitful depending on um, what your priorities are. I know we have several objectives here. Specifically, if we are heading to the institution of my order, the Rift Centuries, um, that's going to be located a little farther away in the city to the west in the uh, observatory district. Okay. And then he says, uh, and then if you're looking for the, uh, the offices of this actuary for Archon Nasticia, uh, I'm afraid I don't have any information on where his place of operations were. If we could find a functioning librarian, that may be of great use. What do these librarians look like, then, if that's the case? Um, they are rather small constructs. Um, it's... It's easier to, to show you than to explain. Um, if we can find a librarian terminal, there should be a few scattered throughout the tower. Um, there would be one for sure in the atrium down on the plaza level below, um, if we don't stumble across one sooner. All right. Um, maybe we can keep a small team here to set up base camp and food, provisions, and tents, and then the rest of us can go downstairs. Roxana is going to say, I think it is a good idea to set up shelter through the night. However, if we are descending below, it would be very inconvenient to have to scale the tower once again. It may be best to move together and set up camp whenever we decide to stop. How far are we going? And this is now for a tanner thing. Like, did, did he kind of give me... Because I was under the impression that this was literally walk down a flight of stairs, like, ten steps. You are probably on the 30th floor of a skyscraper, and he's saying you need to go down to the 10th. Thank you. That that that, <laughs> that, that, that puts that in a different context. I honestly thought we were on ground level, and we no. were going down to basement. <laughs> no. To put it into perspective, you crossed a bridge from the lip of the canyon straight across into one of the upper levels of the spire. And the city is like down in the canyon. So these spires are sticking up 
Um, so you entered on like the one of the levels closer to the top of this tower. In fact, um, you would have noticed upon crossing this bridge that it looked like the tower is probably much higher, but most of the tower that extended above the lip of the canyon is just now gone, worn down from these blizzards that blow across the surface. It doesn't look like any structures extend higher than the lip of the canyon for that reason. Okay, yeah, then um, context now fully given. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> that's okay, because Tanner was oblivious. Yeah, M uh, Marco would suggest. So what we're looking for right now is a librarian. It's like a small construct similar to something that maybe an artificer would make. We are looking for maybe one of its terminals, something that affect, but it seems to be on one of the lower floors near the plazas where we can find one. So uh, Cyrus will say that... Um, the terminal would resemble um, a uh, metallic cylinder, probably about uh, four or five feet high, um, with uh, a circular opening on top. Um, the seal of the city would be emblazoned on the side. And so we're looking for a metallic cylinder with a seal of the city that might hold some sort of weird creature. Sure. How are we going down? You... Uh, you don't see a, a, a way to descend yet, but there are chambers um, in four directions off of this central one. Did, did we know that there were going to be, like, creatures here? I um, say there was nothing to indicate that there would not be creatures that we could not handle. I think probably expect wild animals to maybe overtake a long since uh, forgotten library, but certainly not to the extent of a dragon. Okay. But we are looking for something in a tube. Okay. Yes. In a giant tube, we need to find a smaller tube. <laughs> <laughs> that is the long and short of it, yes. <laughs> so, um... Let's spread out and let's try to find the stairs that go down. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Marco would probably just start walking off on his own towards like the left. Uh, Marco, make an investigation check. All right. By the way, Merrick is standing here like huddled uh, in his uh, heavy winter coat and like shivering. His teeth are clattering through this entire conversation. <laughs> um he just the dash from the uh ship to here um was pretty rough on him <laughs> <laughs> which means um he failed that con save that you guys all had to make so he Oof. now has a level of exhaustion oh no <laughs> oh no why did we bring merrick again just because we like him <laughs> i think uh I think yeah, why, I was why, told oh, he was strong. Why? Why did you bring Merrick again? <laughs> I think I think you hate trapped him, Fiona. No, I, I look. I, I know this doesn't look good, but I, I, if so, just put me in front of a fire, maybe with uh, some stew, and I'll be right as rain in no time. He says his teeth still <laughs> clatter. Uh, I got a twenty-five investigation heading off to the left. Okay. Yeah. You poke your head into some chambers and a lot of them look like they are mostly like we're at one point administrative rooms, but you do find a set of switchback stairs that descend and ascend, but you actually look up and uh, it actually cracks off um, like three quarters of the way up because there is not a level above this one other than like the floor, which is sagging in places under the weight of snow, by the way. Great. 
<laughs> I think Marco would probably go to the other ones if no one else is, like, spreading out to search the other places. It's all yours. All right. Um, yeah, I think Ravnus is following Marco. Because, like, that's who she thinks knows where to go. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, you don't need to roll investigation again. You, the investigation was to find the stairs and you did it. Um, oh, okay. If you're just if you're just poking through the other rooms, you can do that. If you're if you're if your intent is just go do a circle around the tower and look into all the rooms here, um, you can just do that. Um, um, I will say my intention was solely to find. I mean, if a librarian's in there, sweet and good. But my intention was to find better stairs if there was some. Like, oh. Um, the idea being is that it seems like if you're in, like, this giant building, you found the utility stairs, but there might be, like, a more stable and larger grand staircase. That's what I was kind of looking for. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, the stairs descending looked fine. It was just that they stopped when going up because there is no more tower above. Okay. Um, but uh, as you poke around, you see a couple more administrative-type rooms. You see one that looks like it might be, like, uh, have been a laboratory of some sort. And then on the opposite side of the tower from where the stairs are, you find a room that has a big circular shaft in the middle of it that looks like it might have been some sort of lift. I am definitely not going to test my luck on a lift, so we'll... Uh... <laughs> uh, there is no, like, lift actually in the shaft. Uh, it looks like it is just a shaft for that purpose. Uh, one second. Okay, never mind. I, uh, I, I thought I took fly for a second, but I did not. Fuck the DM's shot. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard magic! Oh, I forgot to, you know, scribe that into his, uh, tome. Bam. Um, but yeah, I think after coming to the, you know, say, alright, we found our best way, so I'll start heading down the stairs and... Marco will just be in front, um, scowling and walking. Sure. Brohane brings up the rear, riding on the back of Ira. Okay. So you descend down a couple of stairs. Seems like most of the floors below don't have, like, uh, that big central atrium like the one above does. It looks like they're more dense with rooms. Poking into them, you look like there are more, like, labs. Brohane is actually intrigued by what appears to be some remains of constructs. I do need everybody to make me a dexterity saving throw. Uh-oh. As you're descending the stairs, um, there's some areas where the sides of the tower are not as intact. And where some of them are open to the air, the staircase is filled with snow and ice. <laughs> um, nine. Six. Thirteen. Yay. <laughs> um, let me roll for the NPCs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're all going to like, we're going to slide down like it's this giant like slide. <laughs> it's, just, it's the fucking like monkeys out of the fucking hangar again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, walking down the steps, it does get slippery here. Um, Luckbeak, you're fine. You're kind, of, you're kind of naturally uh, adapted for this sort of thing. Um, as clumsy as penguins are, you know, ice is kind of like your ancestral habitat. Sure. However, uh, Ravnus, uh, you lose your footing and slip. Nope. And you, like, instinctually, like, grab backwards and grab Merrick's pants and pull him down. And you both slide and knock the legs out from behind Marco. 
Oh, no. And the three of you all go down the steps. Uh, and uh, you clatter at the landing at the bottom and take four points of bludgeoning damage. Ouch. Okay. Ow! I think Marco's going to get up, like, wipe the blood off of his, like, from his, like, nose. <laughs> and just keep going. <laughs> Uh, Ravenous is going to sort of shakily stand up um, and seem like sort of like weirdly shaken by that and uh, help Merrick up as well. And she's going to say, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) I got the wind knocked out of me. It's all right. I'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) We brought Merrick for comedy. That is (laughs) it. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all about heel, toe, heel, toe. I saw some of you stepping with your toes. That was probably what happened. And Roxana will say, and it's about keeping your center of mass above your legs at all times. Do not overextend. It's not hard for me. Nope. <laughs> Penguins are designed to <laughs> yeah. like that. They like naturally have that penguin model where their center of gravity is always above their feet. <laughs> um, yeah. So you guys descend um, further and you get to another um, like central uh, an area where it like opens up again, um, probably about um, maybe uh, a third of the way down to the level you're going for, which is not all the way down to the ground. Um, And a couple times where you've gotten glimpses out of the tower through the snowy haze, you see that between these four towers that make up the grand uh, quadrivium, uh, there is a terrace. Uh, that connects the four in a large plaza that's suspended over the rest of the city. And it appears that that's the level that you're going to. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, so it's not all the way down. but So you get about, like, a third of the way to there, and um, the floor opens up again into, like, a central, like, antechamber. Um, and it, it appears that this is, like, these are used for, like, like four years for kind of, like, main hub of an area of the tower. And as you get to this point, you see that located near the center of this is, in fact, a metallic cylinder um, sticking up out of the floor about four feet. And it is about maybe 18 inches around. I inspect Um. it. Make an investigation check. Okay. (laughs) I got a five. A five. Uh, it is a metallic cylinder, cool. and it is covered with frost and ice. Nice. <laughs> okay, never mind. And there are piles of snow kind of heaped around here and, like, kind of the remains of um, ancient furniture that is kind of frozen and petrified. Well, good work. It looks like you found it. Hey, yeah. Wait, what did I find? May I make the check now? Uh, yeah, you can make an investigation check. You're pretty sure this is what you're looking for. So this is just basically to examine how to, like, make it do the thing. All right. Uh, yeah, that is a 16. Yeah. Uh, you kind of examine it and uh, take one of your gloved hands up and brush some of, like, the snow and ice off of it. And you do, in fact, see, um, like, a coat of arms kind of embossed on the side of this thing. Um, it is an owl with outstretched wings clasping a scroll in its talons and it says in Kratorian, which you can read Lyceum Aconis, City of Endless Knowledge. Um, 
you see the seal and you see the owl on it and it strikes you of how much it looks like Tashi. I'm sorry, what? Tashi? The owl looks like Tashi? Yeah, that's why I'm like... Tashi, the original Tashi. Hannah's oh, Tashi. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's try and figure out how the owl looks like a hamster. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner um... decides to name his hamster the same... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you see that and it, you kind of feel that pit in your stomach uh, and um, it distracts you from anything else for, for the moment, at least. Um, I think that Marco is going to like look like he is like on the verge of tears. Um, take a second, kind of blink, and he's going to like walk away um, and just say, I need to think for a second on how to, uh, to turn this on. Um... Do the others like yeah, notice that he's like upset? I, I mean, yeah, they're like, yeah, everyone's just kind of standing there, so like that's visibly noticeable. And Marco's okay. been like obviously in a funk for a while, for at least like the last week. Didn't even eat his space getty. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I'm kind of like going over some things, I think I'll probably just say we can at least take a short break for a second while I try to figure out how to actually make this thing function. Cyrus will chime in and says, there should be some sort of activation mechanism somewhere on it. Yeah, give me a second, okay? Okay. <sighs> actually, while Marco is kind of like off taking a moment to himself, the others kind of like sit down for a second and uh, Brohane will kind of scratch his beard and uh, say... So, um, do we have like a, I guess an overall, uh, plan once we kind of figure out where everything is, do we have priorities of, uh, what we need to tackle first? Well, Marco said, if we see anything Kratorian to let him know, and we're looking for stuff on the squids, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Brohane will cock an eyebrow but not say anything um I mean I'm just looking for tubes <laughs> <laughs> um Merrick will say like 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 that one pointing to the pedestal wait that's the oh man okay got it got it sorry <laughs> <laughs> I I was confused that you looked at it and were like, well, no tubes here. Well, I thought it was like a, you know, like a tube, like a, a little tube, like a glass tube. Does this make sense? I think so. Oh, okay. But like, yeah, that's, if it's hollow, it's a tube. I guess until we know if it's hollow or not, I suppose it's just a cylinder. Well, yeah. And I mean, that doesn't, you know, it's not mutually exclusive with other tubes. We should always be on the lookout for tubes. Like in general? Yeah, I mean, cool stuff gets, you know, gets stored in tubes. I guess you're right. Like maps and scrolls yeah. and, um, I guess. Like good potion, potions, I, maybe? Maybe like. Cookie dough? Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same page, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you guys being in one of these open central areas, there are like openings to the the outside. There's like balconies on the four um, cardinal directions of this tower. And the tower shudders and some frost falls from the ceiling above as you hear something roar nearby. And out of the corner of your eye, something 
not close, but close enough to like block out the light from one of the openings, kind of <sighs> by. He, uh, if I stick my head out the opening, can I see, or is it just like a little arrow slot? No, it's it's like a big archway onto a. Oh, balcony. okay. Uh, I'm gonna poke my head out the archway. Yeah, go ahead and make a perception check. Yeah, boy. I got a seventeen. Yeah. Um, you definitely see a dragon far away, like it's it's several hundred yards away, but it is it's the one that you guys glimpsed when you passed. But it strikes you that that seems too far away to be the thing that flew past the window just now. And you look to the left, and you see another one. <laughs> Hi everyone, Nick Urasiva here, your dungeon master and polite Krampus. If you would be so kind as to get into my bag, I would be most appreciative. Thanks for listening to the second episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, if you are enjoying listening as much as we are enjoying playing, we'd super appreciate it if you consider supporting us over on the Project Derailed Patreon. Get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where we just sit around and bullshit about whatever. Check out the clip at the end of this episode for a taste of what that's all about. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply by spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Let us know which Voidfarer character you would most want to be your secret Santa. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always over there talking about anything and everything pop culture, discussing RPGs, sharing memes, and playing games. Head to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun. The nights are getting colder, and there is no better way to stave off the relentless grasp of winter than by going to the Project Derailed Redbubble store and getting some neat Voidfarer shirts to drape on your fragile mortal flesh. Or fables around the table stuff too, that would also work. Go to bit.ly slash derailed shop. Don't freeze to death. Buy our merch. Theme song by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. And this is the last episode of Tales of the Voidfarer in 2021. We know our releases have been a little erratic the last couple months for a variety of reasons, but we appreciate you bearing with us. We will be back on our normal release schedule in the new year, so we will pick things back up on Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. Happy holidays from everyone here at Tales of the Voidfarer and Project Derailed, and we will see you in the new year. This one looks a little smaller, but it's still a white dragon. <laughs> okay. And it's still large. <laughs> How far away is it? That one is probably only a couple hundred feet away. It, it, it kind of landed on one of the lower spires. Sure. Um, 
I poke my head back into the room and I go, Dragon, dragon. There's two dragons out there. Wait, two dragons? Yeah, I don't want anybody to panic, but there are two dragons out there. The one we saw earlier and then a smaller one too. Um, well, I think that Ravnus is going to sort of try to, like, take a look to confirm. Yeah. So, you... like, go, go to the archway and, and kind of, like, peek out a little. Uh, make make a perception check with advantage. Oh, boy, with advantage. Because because Luckbeak has, like, told you what's out there. So you're, like, right. just looking to confirm. Oh, those are both pretty decent. Um, perception. Am I good at that? Uh, plus four, 18, and two, and two is 22. 22. Yeah. You see the big one off, you know, several hundred yards away. Um, and you see a small one down to the left. But you're pretty sure Luckbeak said the one he saw was to the right. And you look to the right, and you do, in fact, see another little one. Oh, Jesus. So you now see three dragons. <laughs> oh, no. um, she... And little is like... Comparatively yeah, little, little. little for a dragon. Okay. <laughs> little compared to the first one you saw, but still big. <laughs> okay, so these three then are not the first one we saw. These are three entirely new dragons. No, it appears the large one uh, further away um, is the one is, we saw. It's at least the same size. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there are three to four dragons. Okay. Um,. So uh, she's going to sort of like carefully like trying not to draw attention to herself, like pull back and go back to the group. And she says uh, there are three dragons, not two. Okay. No one else is allowed to go out there and look. <laughs> because two people went out and every time there's been more. <laughs> okay. So we, we, I mean, we can't leave this tower, right? Whatever Marco needs better be here because there's no way we're going back out there. Now, I will say from your, like, when you were flying in and from the glimpses you've seen outside, the city is built on many different levels. Like, the city seems to be, like, the the floor of the canyon, but also built up on terraces probably five or six levels deep with spires that rise above it. And it does look like many of the towers and buildings are connected to each other by bridges and oh. like covered walkways and, and <laughs> other like connect it's like it's one gigantic convention center. Got it. <laughs> oh my god, we're here at Dragon Con. Space Con. <laughs> it's Indiana Convention Center where you can walk from Lucas Oil Stadium all the way to the mall food court without stepping outside. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that some of those walkways are a little exposed, but you know. Here we are. Marco, Marco's just going to quickly, he starts to look around. Um, judging from the room that we are currently in, does it look like a dragon of the size that they are describing, since he hasn't seen anything, could fit its way through here um, without destroying the building itself? The big one you saw, probably not. Mm. Um, but the entrances onto these balconies, um, the slightly smaller ones uh, might be able to squeeze in. Okay. They're 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 like horse sized but have huge fucking wings. So if they landed and then were like crawling with their wings collapsed in, mm. um they So it's like they... a Skyrim situation. Yeah. Um Marco hearing that? He yeah, can't... yeah. Yeah, the, the the chamber is large and uh cavernous, so like voices echo and you can kinda catch yeah, definitely can hear that. Yeah, I don't think they were being subtle when they came back to say dragon. 
<laughs> I think Marco was probably like kind of in a haze at the moment, kind of thinking through some things and then kind of like snaps back like, oh, dragons. Okay. Um, so turn on the librarian and goes over to the librarian. Yep. As you look on it, you can see that there is an embedded cinder shard crystal located near the top of the cylinder directly above the seal of the city. Okay, so um, probably I, I probably would first touch it. I think that's the first scientific method is to touch the thing. You touched the thing. All right, so that didn't that didn't turn it on. So um, no, and I will note that um, compared to the cinder shard that you've seen and the one hanging around your neck, um, the glow on this cinder shard is a little duller. Hmm. Um, can I make an Arcana check to see how? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. So the touch didn't work. Now it's time for the taste test. <laughs> give it, it a lick. <laughs> yeah, just give it a big old lick. Just hmm, tastes just like raisins. Tastes like magic. <laughs> Taste uh. the rainbow. <laughs> so that is a nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Uh, it appears that whatever I guess magical power source uh, that feeds this thing is not functioning. So you would might have to find a way to channel some magical power into it to at least get it to work. All right. Could I channel my own like magical energy from spells and whatnot that I have yeah. to do it? All right, I think yeah. you can. Um, so uh, it, it would actually be pretty simple. Um, in in a way similar to how um, Spelljammer Helms work, you can touch the crystal and basically expend a spell slot to just channel the magic into the crystal instead of casting a spell. Okay. It does use up one of your spell slots, and then you could decide what level, uh, what level spell slot, um, but you're not sure how many levels worth of spell are required to power this. All right, um... Let's let's go big here. Um, I'm gonna burn a fourth level spell slot. A fourth level spell. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, like I mean, we're 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 going in hard instead of losing three spells. Yeah. The um the crystal. Uh, you you touch it and you grasp your shard of cinder shard, um, on the cord around your neck, and channel your magical energy into the cinder shard embedded on the tower, and it glows vibrantly. Um, so much so that it fills the entire chamber on this side of the pillar with an orange glow. And you see the opening in the top um, kind of iris open and something goes, whoop, the pops out the top, arcs about six feet in the air and lands with a clunk on the floor <coughs> that reverberates around the room with a ring as this metal hunk hits the floor. And you look at it and it looks like it is a vaguely spherical construction of concentric rings almost looks like the rings are supposed to like kind of gyrate like a gyroscope um, around each other and there is uh, a piece of cinder shard embedded in this but it is not glowing at all and the rings seem damaged and broken and the thing kind of twitches on the ground and doesn't do anything um i think marco would look eyes wide um look at just stare straight at the thing and just say what in the nine hells did I just do? Um, Cyrus <laughs> says in your mind, well, you summoned a librarian, but it appears that the one in this terminal is no longer functioning. Um, but that okay. was a librarian. Well, now I know what we're looking for and how to do it. So that's... Yeah. Rough. You imagine that um, it is basically uh, uh, 
a sphere of gyroscopic rings um, about six inches in diameter with uh, with a um, piece of cinder shard embedded in its center. Nick, would I have a good idea on where to go for the next one? Cyrus did say that the atrium on the plaza level below would definitely have a terminal, but he had mentioned that there would there could be others throughout the tower, which this appears to be one of. Mm. All right. Well, um, on that note, as I just stare down, I say to the others, what in the nine hells did I just do? I look up and says, moving on downstairs then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. You're not going to. Okay, uh, let's go. Um, and Brohain saddles up on Ira once more. Ravnus follows, uh, looking very, very nervous about just the whole situation. Uh, um, Merrick, Merrick is going to look at Brohain and go, um, Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, 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 Bosin, Brohain, sir, uh, do you mind if I ride on that with you you know what never mind it was a dumb suggestion you could, and brohane goes ah it's fine hop on and merrick will climb up on the back of your uh, <laughs> behind brohane <laughs> i'm going to follow but i'm going to uh sort of hang to wherever marco is uh and I try to have a chat with him i think marco would probably be like in the front just bull rushing ahead essentially oh boy okay i don't think that he's like storming so far ahead but he's certainly like well we got a destination to go so uh let's get rolling yeah like you probably have to like jog for like a second just to catch up with him and then like yeah yeah but you could do okay (laughs) what what direction are they going are they going down more stairs going down more stairs okay ravenous is kind of like just like she's probably like closer to like the front middle and then she like sort of looks nervous about it and starts like waving people in front of her to like go ahead and she's gonna end up towards the back please don't slip <laughs> um I'm going to are there there are more stairs here is there still a crack is there a crack in this wall too where there's ice and snow on the stairs uh there isn't places but not particularly bad yet does Marco have to slow down um, I mean, just by the nature of stairs, um, okay. a little bit. All right. No, don't stair explain to me, Nick. Um, <laughs> considering Marco's dexterity too, um, I think by virtue of just the terrain, sure, he's going to get slowed down. Uh, I'm going to catch up with him, and I'm going to say, uh, "Hey, hey, hey, bud. Um, hey, isn't it crazy that that you have the word coast in your name?" <laughs> and I, I think Marco kind of looks oddly at that, like of all he, he was not ready for that, and just kind of go, "Uh, it is, yeah, it is in my, yes, that that is a factual statement." Yeah, like Sword Coast or wait, that's favorite. Yeah, like uh, you know, <laughs> Coast. It, you know, I I'm sorry, I just didn't have a a great opening here, and I wanted to chat with you, and I thought. Wizards of the Coast, whatever that yeah. is. <laughs> I, I, I thought disarming you might be the best way to, to, to go about it. Are you okay? Mar- Marco just stares straight for a second and goes, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I can certainly say I'm not good. Sure. Yeah, you you definitely, I mean, you had us worried on the ship and... I mean, you looked real upset just now when you saw the the tube. number of different things going through my head right now. I currently have 
eight people, uh, myself included, of my crew that are now kind of more or less stranded on this planet. That is, we are currently being hunted by dragons, and everything about this plan has gone completely off the rails, and we haven't even gotten to the bottom of this. Hey, it's tube. it's it's okay, uh, buddy. Nothing. We're not being hunted by dragons. What you're doing is you're building things up in your head to be worse than they are because I feel like sometimes that's what you do. Like nobody's upset or angry at you, and you know we all just want to help you. But you know we got to make sure that you're in the right state of mind to be helped, right? Because this could get bad if you, you know, are stressed out or freaked out or you know not thinking correctly so is there anything that we could do for you that can make things easier right now anything you want to talk about i mean we probably have another 30 seconds of stairs left (laughs) marco kind of thinks about that one for a second you can see that he is very strained as he's trying to think through stuff and it's even like maybe like a mix of strain but also a mix of confusion like he's not really sure how he's kind of like supposed to communicate this um before he eventually just settles back in and just says, as long as we can find this librarian and we are all safe, I think I will be okay. Okay. Okay, your full name is also an anagram for aromatics. All right, I'll talk to you later, bud. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) That can't be right. Well, now I have to know. <laughs> no, there's there's definitely three O's in your name. <laughs> I, I was literally like spelling out oh. aromatics on my character sheet. God damn you! I'd like to aromatics. I'd like to think that like Flapwig says that, and Marco's like, "It is." Wait, no, and then like it just like disarms him just enough. <laughs> Gets him, gets him distracted just enough for a second. Oh. <laughs> I could, I could take it again with a real one. <laughs> I kind of like aromatics. <laughs> no, that works. Uh, I think you completely disarm Marco there. He's not really like, already. He seems to be in like a confused state of not sure how to respond, and then suddenly that comes in, and then like it's just an entire system reset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> wholesome friendships <laughs> and marco kind of uh yeah kind of reboots there for a second and just is like all right so let's find the uh, let's find the librarian you have this conversation and uh it just gets to that point and marco and Luckbeak, you get to the next landing and you turn and the stairs are gone <laughs> oh uh i'm i'm mom bar marco <laughs> thinking that he might not be paying attention still trying to spell it aromatics yeah <laughs> you were well i think it's kind of the uh the response the mom bar is perfect because like marco is already thinking aromatics and then he's like <laughs> all right we're gonna get to the bottom of the staircase there's gonna be a librarian and everything will be fine and then they turn the corner <laughs> <laughs> The arm bar is at like knee height too, so like it almost chips <laughs> yeah, <him. all> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you could stop. You could see that you are. This is like the last staircase to, down to the level that you're going to, but it does look like it's collapsed, leaving a 15 foot drop um, to the ground below. You see Marco start to rub his temples. Um, the rest of the group does catch up on this landing. Ravnus is probably taking it pretty slow. She was. She was taking her time. She doesn't want to trip again. Ezerath shoots you a quizzical look, but doesn't say anything. 
Fuck off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Fuck you, look, fuck you looking at. <laughs> um, I think that Marco looks, sighs, and he's going to go ahead and cast Misty Step and Misty Step down to the bottom. <laughs> yep, you do it. That's not helpful. I wish I could take someone with me, but I can at least try to keep a rope taut or something. How? Um, Brohane will say, uh, if someone has a rope, we can anchor it to Ira. And then what? Just like tightrope walk? Re- repel down the rope. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I didn't think I needed to explain that part. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm confused on the architecture here. Are there any tubes I you, can you're... sort of get my brain around? <laughs> <laughs> I need to deposit a check. <laughs> um, Marco will look around the bottom to see if there's anything that can help kind of knowing the answer, but there's there's a bunch of rubble down here and some ice and snow has accumulated in the bottom you're still like in the uh like stairwell chamber you haven't gone out onto the floor like the main level yet but there's not there's not anything of particular note here i think before it gets to the rope i think marco would just pop his head into the other room since he has the ability to do so just to see if there's anything dangerous uh make a perception check oh shit um that is a 22. You look out and there is more rubble in this room. Um, it looks like this being one of the lower floors, um, m- much of the rubble that has like slowly dislodged itself from the tower and kind of fallen through has settled here. And you can see this large open uh, atrium, larger than even the ones above as the tower um, does widen as it gets closer to the base. And so you can see large rubble um, in this room that's kind of uh, keeping you from kind of seeing all of it. But uh, with your perception, uh, you do hear some movement coming from somewhere in the atrium, but you can't see its source. It doesn't sound very large. It just kind of sounds like something like shifting on the snow. It definitely doesn't sound like a dragon. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to leave that for a second. But in order to help my friends, I'm actually going to cast Conjure Minor... um... Let's see here. Minor elemental to con- conjure a gargoyle. Okay. Um, it's a medium-sized creature. I don't think that it could just pick them up and gently place them on the ground, but it can certainly um, help stabilize them as they're climbing down the rope. Yeah, which is sure. Which is kind of the goal that I'm going for. So, yeah, suddenly just poof, gargoyle. Yeah, you cast the spell and like almost like a portal opens about five feet or six feet in the air and rock and stone kind of cascade out of it and then shape itself into the form of this gargoyle as it solidifies its kind of demonic appearance with its wings and uh, like kind of fiendish features. It kind of flexes its wings and kind of looks at you awaiting instruction. Help my friends and associates uh, down the down the rope ladder, please. It nods with a sound of grinding stone, and it flaps its wings and takes off. Um, Brohane is in the process of uncoiling a rope and fastening it to uh, uh, it actually like a winch that's built into the front of Ira, like the Jeeps in Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> and uh, tosses down uh, a rope. And then this gargoyle <laughs> flies up to the landing and lands there. Kind of, like, puts out its arms waiting for, like, somebody to, like, hop on. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm probably small enough that he might be able to just take me down. Yeah. I'm only 68 pounds. Yeah, yeah, you and Merrick could definitely just get a lift down with the cool. gargoyle. So, yeah, you just kind of, like, hop into its arms, and it, like, princess carries you down to the ground. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it sets you down, and it flies back up. And at this point, uh, Ezerath is, is in the process of lowering herself down on the rope. Um, and she does so pretty pretty easily. The gargoyle gets back up there, and Merrick is like, uh, do we trust this thing? Don't worry. It's it's a friend of mine. You have some weird friends. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it he, like, hesitantly, like, puts his arms around the gargoyle, and the gargoyle, without hesitation, just kind of yeets himself down there with Merrick. And Merrick goes, ah! Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then it lands and gently sets Merrick down. He goes, Merrick, shh. That wasn't so bad, actually. <laughs> I, I will literally, like, clap my hand over Merrick's mouth. There's something in the other room. Shut up. Why didn't you say that sooner? I didn't think I'd need to. He told you to shut up, Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> Ezerath gets to the bottom um, uneventfully, uh, and then Roxana will repel herself down. Uh, mm-hmm. The gargoyle flies back up, um, but it isn't really able to like carry someone else. It could like maybe assist fall somebody. <laughs> um, yeah. That was kind of the job I envisioned, so that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, so I think that Ravness is the last one that needs to go down. Brohane is still up there with Ira, but Brohane can get down on Ira easily. You've seen yeah. Ira jump way longer distances than this. Yeah, Ravenous is playing this off as long as possible, uh, but she is going to go after Roxana goes. Do I need to roll something, or does it just happen? Uh, are you going? You're going down the rope, or are you just? Uh, letting the um, gargoyle like kind of guide you down. <laughs> uh, I think she is just going down the rope. Okay. Um, yeah, just make an athletics check. Okay. Um, that is a natural one. Oh, oh no! I do have indomitable, so I can reroll that, and I'm going sure. to. Um, actually, uh, you don't need to spend the indomitable because the gargoyle was spotting you. Which, well, I'll just treat that as advantage, so you can just roll again. Okay. The gargoyle, make sure you land, like, safely in Ezra's arms. That is, uh, that's not better. Um, that's a (laughs) ten. A ten, a ten is enough. It's it's slightly better, but it's not, it's not much better. I rolled a three. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, uh, you, uh, you already a little gun-shy from your slip earlier, um, you start easing yourself down on the rope and your hands are cold and the rope is a little slippery now that it's been like kind of hanging in the cold air um, mm-hmm. uh, for a few minutes now and uh, you immediately lose your grip and start falling and you fall like a good three feet but the gargoyle kind of catches you under the arms and allows you to grab the rope again um, but it is enough that like your heart basically jumps to your throat yeah <laughs> um, it's like you skipped a step on the stairs basically uh, and you are able to re-grab the rope. But now, especially, you just take your time and, like, inch your way down. Yeah, um, she's she's not on her A-game just at all this <laughs> chapter. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, your, your hands are sore, and you have a little bit of rope burn now, but you do eventually get to the bottom. Yeah, um, she gets to the bottom and just does not meet anyone's eye and just, you know, goes and joins the group. Yeah. 
and waits for Brohane. Yep, uh, Brohane. He's gonna uh, just clunk down. Yeah, to the... <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, Brohane uh, cranks the rope back up onto the winch um, uh, and just kind of saddles back up into Ira, and Ira just kind of flexes her legs and just does a little whoop and down um, its legs, absorbing the shock of the impact. Which isn't as loud as you would expect it to be, just because all these legs have like super spring-loaded, uh, you know, shock absorbers. Um, but yeah, you guys are now all at the bottom of the stairwell, at least on this level. There are stairs that continue to descend, but this is the level that you guys were shooting for. All right. Um, I think if no one is going to um, stop him, I think Marco would just start heading towards that room and trying to like look and see what the uh, creature is. Are you being stealthy? <laughs> um, Are you just I waltzing think, on in? <laughs> I think the response is that uh, um, I don't think like he'll try, but he's not exactly great at it. Sure, make a stealth check. But again, it's uh, I think people can kind of tell it's just suddenly Marco just starts going inside. That's a 14. Not that bad. Um, let me... I rolled a 12. I have a 2 on that. All right. Um, so you do go in and you heard something in here. So like, you're at least moving a little bit slower. And, um, as you move, you kind of work your way around the large kind of slab of rubble that was kind of obstructing your view. And as you peek around the corner, you see that there's a lot of snow that has like kind of drifted its way in here because you could see there's a large archway that goes out onto the large plaza terrace between these four towers of the grand quadrivium. So a lot of snow and ice has blown its way in here. And you see two creatures kind of in the middle towards the other side of this rubble, their white fur transitioning to white feathers. And one of them raises its beaked head and looks at you and there's blood on its beak. And it makes a squawk. And the other one lifts its head and looks. They are two snowy owlbears. They're not as big as you would expect a snowy owlbear to be, Marco. Um, I think, um, Nick, do they look like cubs? Um, make a nature check. <laughs> are they adorable? <laughs> they sound pretty they, adorable. They, they, are, they are pretty adorable. <laughs> that is an 18. 18? Uh, yeah, they're not, like, babies, but they're not full-grown either. They are, like, probably yearlings, like, you know, on the verge of adolescence. But old enough that mama might be close. Yeah, definitely a possibility. Um, However, they do see you um, as quiet as you were. The one did notice you and alerted the other one. And um, upon seeing you, they both kind of turn and they run um, away kind of into um, kind of an area on the other side of the chamber that uh, is has more rubble. And they kind of descend into like a shadowy uh, enclosed space beyond out of sight. But it does look like they were eating something. Yeah, I think Marco's instinctual response would be to go and see what he was, what they were eating. Yeah, um, yeah, you go up there, and uh, it is some humanoid corpses. Oh, Marco's gonna sit down, and I guess just wait for the others if they're not behind him. Yeah, I imagine the others are not far behind. Uh, I'm talking to Ravnus as I'm behind, and I'm saying, uh, "Hey, Ravnus, uh, I think." 
Does Marco see, like, we should hustle. Does Marco seem like he's got, like, a, a real dark, like, a death wish? Like, he's just wandering off on his own, and he missed he stepped down, and he, like, I don't know. Does it feel like he's, like, in a real rough patch right now? It does, but I think that even if he wasn't, if we gave him a library like this, he would have done that anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Oh no, I slipped back into my accent again. This is really, it's going to take some getting used to. I don't know what my identity really is anymore. Oops. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I, uh, I guess if I were in a, uh, I don't know, an art museum with no guards, I'd be running ahead of the group too. All right, you're right. Let's just make sure we're protecting him. I think that's best for now. We can deal with everything else later. We go. Follow. Yep. You guys catch up with Marco in time to see these two snowy owlbear cubs run away. No. Um, and you see Marco kind of sitting um, in what looks like uh, four humanoid corpses in the snow. Uh-oh. How fresh are the corpses? Make a medicine check. Oh, boy. I'm not getting, like, up on them. And Wait, is that where Marco is or not? That, that is where Marco is. Oh, okay. Medicine. Oh, I'm, like, kind of good at that. Uh, 19. 19. Yeah, they don't look fresh. And they don't look like they were mauled to death. Okay. It looks like they died of exposure, mm. of, of frostbite. Comforting. <laughs> And it looks like these owlbear cubs simply found them, and it was a tasty frozen treat. Aww. <laughs> it's like a popsicle. Yeah, <laughs> that's adorable. But uh, as you're observing them, it does look like an adult human female, um, an adult human male, um, a tiefling adolescent, and a male gazerai. Huh. And as you kind of observe, you don't really need... To, to roll a check to kind of see that it looks like there was some semblance of a camp that they attempted to set up here. Uh, Ravnus is going to go eluding, I think. Now, the other thing you notice with your, um, your medicine check is th while they're not super fresh in the sense that the owlbears killed them, um, uh -huh. they probably died only a few days ago. Okay. These are not ancient corpses. <laughs> yeah. So she is going to start looking to see if they have any stuff. Yeah, make an investigation check. Okay. And she is prioritizing, like, food. Um, but if they have other cool stuff, that is nice. So that's an investigation. Sure. Um, that is a six. <laughs> a six? Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually weird. They don't have anything on them other than really the clothes on their back, um, which do not look like they are made for this weather. Um, okay. And they have no weapons, um, except like you do find a stick that seems to be sharpened. Mm -hmm. Like they, they tried to makeshift a weapon and you do not find any food. Okay. So it's two humans, tiefling, gisseri. Yeah. Okay. She turns to Marco and she says, isn't it kind of weird that there would have been people here just before we got here? Yes, I was under the impression that this is a long lost uh, library so the idea that I'm currently staring at for generally of this era bodies is odd they look pretty fresh and they don't seem to be 
dressed for the weather, prepared for this at all. Teleportation, right? Teleportation? Well, I mean, these folks aren't dressed for the weather. They have no weapons, no rations. I mean, somebody brought them here. I mean, they didn't come willingly or or knowingly, right? I mean, that's as good a theory as anything else I can think of. I didn't see a ship or a spelljammer ship or anything else, so that stands to reason. But who and and and, and why? Um, I think Marco is just going to stand up and like check their pockets real quick to see if they can he can find anything like identification. Make a investigation a library check. card. All right. A driver's license. <laughs> that is a 26. Yeah, you find a very frozen, half-eaten rat in the pocket of the tiefling. And one of the things that you do notice when you are searching is not an item, but on the inside forearm of the Githzerai is a tattoo. I think I would first just, like, look at the rat, chuck the rat. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> with just kind of like a sigh and then look at the tattoo so I like I kind of like pull the body or what's left of the body up to look at it yeah it's there's frost and the the skin is discolored just from the frostbite and actually as you move the arm it cracks and pops as you're you're flexing the frozen flesh and bones and and sinews and you brush the frost and snow away and you see the ink is obstructed by a brand the tattoo looks like it said something in uh, you're pretty sure was uh, the gith script but over it appears to be a crude glyph also in gith um i look over ravenous what do you know what this says she tries to read it yeah um the the glyph um, the brand says traitor and you're pretty sure the tattoo beneath was a Pirates of Gith tattoo. Mm. This is on the Githzerai? On the Githzerai. Um, she... Okay, so linguistic question. Uh, the Gith language is shared by the Githzerai and the Githyanki, Correct. Yes, it's the it's a common script. Um, the languages are like two different dialects of a related language, um, but it shares um, it shares a script. Okay, so okay, so what you're saying is that is that Ezerath can read it, which is sort of yes. the heart of my question. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. All right. Uh, she's going to uh, she's going to say um, they're a, they're a traitor. They abandoned their ship. Well. I guess that's well and good for the pirate. I go and look at the tiefling. Like, do they all have the same glyph? No. Does this tiefling have any significant markings on him? Nope. So, how does that account for the rest of them? I don't know. Well, I guess just another conundrum. But let's not suffer the same fate they did and try to set up camp here. Yeah. We should... Keep an eye out for the pirates of Gith. They're the ones that give this brand. Can you have know of any discernible reason why the pirates of Gith would know about this place and actively leave a traitor and three, I'm assuming, non-pirates here? There are 
there are some pirates of Gith ships that instead of killing their traitors will maroon them somewhere where they can't they can't survive. I guess that this is one of those places, so I guess that they would know about this. Not just traitors, but like prisoners of conquest and like the survivors of ships that they've taken over and all that stuff. Okay. So just like people that they want gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait. But but I thought this was supposed to be a long abandoned planet and nobody was supposed to know where it was. I guess that they do. Okay. I guess. I think you see Marco get slightly frustrated and go, well, if they know about this, they might have already taken all of the interesting information and then this would all be for nothing. Huh. Okay. Well. Let's hope that's not the case. and Let's uh, at least get somewhere where we can be warm. Um, Cyrus will chime up in your in your head and say, if it's any consolation, uh, this is the atrium I was speaking of, so there should be another librarian terminal somewhere around here. I think Marco looks around and has an exasperated look as he's going to like probably say out loud, even though it's too Cyrus, being like, I, the other one wasn't functioning. Why would this one? You never know. I guess that's fair. Um, This is where we need to go to find the librarian, so I suppose... uh, Look for tubes! <laughs> <laughs> Look for tubes. Tell, tell Merrick it's tube oh, yeah. time. <laughs> Flapwing's eyes go wide and he starts darting around. Looking for tubes. Make an investigation <laughs> check, Hell Flapwing. yeah. Tubes, baby. <laughs> you can do it with advantage because Merrick is going to help oh, you. Yeah. Can't wait. To... We got this, buddy. Is. I got a 21. Hell yeah. Give me those yeah. tubes. Uh, you find um, mostly buried in a snowbank um, another one of these uh, cylindrical pedestal tubes. Tube! Tube! <laughs> 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 I will uh put my gargoyle on watch duty and then head over to the uh, uh head over to the tube and uh this time I think this time I think I will I will burn a first level um and see what happens. Okay. You channel one spell level into the crystal and it does light up more than it was prior but the mechanism does not activate. Mm. All right, fuck it. Um I'm burning my last fourth level. Um, the the crystal gets lighter, but doesn't dim afterwards. So it imagine you don't have to like do it all in one spell. You can like it has a spell slot now, so you can add to that same spell slot again if you wanted. Um, you don't have to do it all at once. Okay, so yeah, I would, I, I would take that route. Yeah, so you just add one more. Yeah, one more Unumas. Yep. So yeah, the crystal does light up even brighter now, and the top does activate. It does appear that two spell slots was what it required. And there is a clunking sound, and a bright light emerges from the top, and you hear a whirring sound as this about six-inch spherical object comes floating out the top, and you can see that the concentric rings that you saw in the other one are now kind of spinning and gyrating around each other, and you see the embedded piece of cinder shard hovering in the center is glowing glowing a bright light that kind of flickers as though the rings are passing in front of it and it floats out and it doesn't have any sort of face or anything but you see it kind of like rotate around and it speaks and as it speaks uh, with like each syllable the the bright light from the center of it pulses hello i am a librarian you 
can call me Index, or Dex for short. How can I be of service? Hello, Dex. Um, I, I look around kind of uh, in shock for a second and say, Tell me, um, we are looking for information concerning... I will say it lower so that the other five don't hear me say gif loudly and proudly. <laughs> um, Illithids, otherwise known as uh, mind flayers, um, or more pejoratively known as squid by some cultures. Ah, yes. You are searching for information about illithids. Did I hear you correctly? Yes, that is correct. I am looking for information about society, culture, as well as... Um, known spells and rituals that their society might cast. Excellent. I will search my stores to tell you exactly where you can find this information. One moment, please. And it kind of sputters, and there's like some like weird like arcane sparks that kind of shoot out of it, and as it like twitches slightly. And it, you, 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 ah, yes. You will be able to potentially find the information you are seeking in the Catacomb District where we keep our most ancient pieces of information. Additionally, conveniently enough, the Order of the Rift Centuries has compiled much information specifically about this topic. That is located in the Observatory District. In addition to this, scattered information could also be found in the Hall of the Emerald Flame in the North Spire of the Grand Quadrivium. Also in the Entley Institute, in the West Spire of the Grand Quadrivium. Also the Open Court Conservatory, in the East Spire of the Grand Quadrivium. Also the Anthenaeum Cosmic, located in the North Spire of the Grand Quadrivium. Also the Seekers of Absolute Truth, in the North Falls District. Also, and then it just kind of like keeps going. This is basically where like there's an annotation somewhere that mentions a lithid. You're getting now into like the third or fourth pages of Google search. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> okay, it was like, okay, we can we can stop there. Um, oh, I'm going. Are these more friends of yours? And you turn in time to see a full-grown snowy owlbear attack the shit out of your gargoyle with another one directly behind it. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. In a city forever in the throes of the battle of good versus evil, a new team of heroes is arising. Follow the action-packed adventures of superheroic teens Limelight, Juno, Jackrabbit, Blazar, and Strawvix as they uncover corruption, fight the bad guys, and defend their high score at the arcade. A new generation is rising in Halcyon City. The team is standing on the shoulders of giants, and they have a long way to fall. Fables Around the Table Super premieres July 28th wherever you get your podcasts. So, so I am back. Okay. <laughs> Did you enjoy your experience? I, I can hear the defeat on her voice. <laughs> I, I have survived Dominic the donkey. Okay. The Italian Christmas donkey. Yeah. The Italian Christmas it, donkey. It, in parentheses. 
Yep. <laughs> what did I just listen to? <laughs> this is why this is why I was saying I hate that song so much because every time we turned on the car, we played the fucking song. I, I. <laughs> Like, so, I never want to hear a word about Glee being, like, mixed badly ever again. <laughs> Check out patreon.com slash project derailed and subscribe at the $7 tier for more Derailed Off the Rails. Projectderailed.com